When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7 on The Horn. Hour 2 on The Sports Complex here on The Horn. Going to talk some Cowboys. Get the win last night. I won't say it's a big win. They get the win over the Chargers last night. Talk a little Texans as well. Some uh, offensive uh, rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year odds. Look where the Texans are on those as well. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more. Hook him up with Ian Robbie. And, of course, your text. 512-447-3776. Big fat poll of the day today. For the rest of the season, what concerns you more? For this Texas team, their offense or their defense, tell me why we're about even so far going through it. You know, there's there's issues on both, so I'm kind of, which one do you think this team's identity is going to be? Which one are you saying, we? hey man, we got to fix this because this is our identity and we got to fix that going into the second part. Well, I'm a little bit more worried about this, I'm a little bit more worried about the, the offense, I'm a little bit more worried about the defense. Uh, you know, I'm, that's what I want to ask. I'm, I'm curious what you guys think. I'm curious what you think on the text line, 512 512- 447-3776. Getting back to the text line before we get to some Cowboys talk. My man Chan, they got more concerned with the Texas offense because opposing teams shall attempt to uh, make Quinn Ewers uncomfortable to make him go through his progression, also ensure if the red zone issues are resolved, I'm still concerned. I, I get that, Chan, and I think that's kind of what uh, a lot of people in the uh, in the, the camp of offense is the still not 100% sold on Quinn Ewers group the I don't know if this guy's going to be a whiz that's going to be a Heisman candidate he's not going to be able to do what Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma did what we've seen other quarterbacks be able to do we don't know if that's if that Quinn yours is going to show up he's definitely not as flashy so he is not a guy that even when he has a big play you may not notice you know they kind of go away because Sark throws a ball so much there's a little bit of it where you know he'll have Two big, great drives in a row. And then on the third drive, they kind of hand the ball off a few times. He throws some short passes, and they punt the ball. And you go, well, he's he's garbage. And not think, well, he did just have two really good drives where he hit some really good passes. I, I think there's part of that. Uh, but I get, as you see some different offenses or some different defenses, he hasn't really seen a lot of super confusing, good defenses where we know he's, once we get to Kansas State and TCU and Tech and all these guys who've been game-planning defenses just for Quinn Ewers for basically an entire offseason to get ready and be ready for this game, Think, looking at film to see what he's not doing well against and what he can't read and moving safeties and throwing guys back and not letting guys get into man coverage. Uh, the good part is you have Jonathan Brooks, who none of us thought was going to be playing at this level. Even if you thought Jonathan Brooks was going to be good, no one thought he was going to be at the level he's at, which is one of the best running backs in college football. So there is some benefit of even if Quinn Ewers isn't Superman, you know, you can play in a more even style of football and still get these wins. Uh, Nate coming in with the uh, taking down Houston music and 
and uh, the Astros at the same time, Nate. Just trying to be trying to be a disturber over there, Nate. That's what you're doing. Uh, Dan J07 says the defense concerns me. If uh, other teams off, if other teams can run hurry up offenses and we can't keep guys fresh, I feel like that has been very helpful for our D. Yeah, I, I agree. I talked about that a minute ago, but the rotation for the defense has been helpful in the third and fourth quarter and playing that hurry up and not having to substitute. Uh, I don't know how many of these teams are going to be able to effectively do that and move down the field because uh, I don't know how many of those guys have a veteran quarterback that can really step up and continue to make big plays uh, with their with their feet and with their arm, uh, such as Dylan Gabriel did. I, I don't know how many teams have that. So there is some where there is a concern that, well, once you get to the Big 12 championship, you may have to see Gil- Dylan Gabriel again. You know, if you get to the college football playoff, you don't know who you're going to be playing against. There could be somebody like that again. So that defense could be a worry there. I'm not sure in the next six games if there's going to be a guy that – or an offense – that I feel super worried is going to be able to play a really effective hurry-up offense and keep our defense on the field and really wear them down series after series without rotating. Because once you take one guy out of the road, once you pull one guy off of your team on the hurry-up offense, then the defense gets a substitute and you get to go a little bit slower and you know get those that defense kind of freshened up. But I like that. Uh, Justin in Louisiana. Hey, guys. Long-time listener, transplanted to Louisiana. Love the two shows left. And miss the old shows I've listened through the tuning app for the entire time. The app doesn't load properly in my area of the live. Literally listening, any other options in the app? Uh, we're continuing to work on the app, guys. I know there is some issues. We're continuing to work on it. So uh, if you download the Horn app, I know you know there's a fake one, I think, in the Google Play, but the Apple one's up right. Uh, you can also go to hornfm.com. Uh, there is a, uh, there's a player in that as well. But uh, we're, we're continuing to work to get these all the options. Uh, we're continuing to try and – Talk to people, uh, you know, uh, the powers that be, not at our station, but above our station uh, to try and get signals and everything else. But there's only so much you can do. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're constantly working on it. Believe me, it is something that's talked about in the hallways pretty much every single day. Uh, there's a lot of people working very hard on it, but we're trying. So, Justin, I appreciate you listening. We're going to continue to try and get you all the best coverage and get you uh, better and better ways to listen. I uh, appreciate you for listening. Uh, let's go. Kerry from Georgetown. Uh, Gabriel was responsible for 400 yards in passing and personal running 114 yards. Uh, so defense. Yeah. No, and I get that. And Dylan Gabriel, again, we said after the Texas game, jumped into the Heisman Trophy, I believe at third odds, third or fourth odds, something like that. So he's like he's clearly playing really well. That They had the offensive game plan. That defense did not look good in that game. They got beat on the lines of scrimmage. That That's kind of really the lines of scrimmage for me were a problem. TJ Horn says red zone offense, chief engineer, uh, Everyone is coming for us, putting that MG attitude. Uh, I appreciate that. You got to get that MG attitude. And uh, get, well, I believe the secondary is our biggest weakness. I'm truly conf- uh, concerned, confused about the red zone offense. I'm not sure what the answer is, except to do the opposite of what we've done. The red zone offense, again, it is, it's confounding because Sark is a creative guy offensively, so it doesn't make sense that he's been so uncreative in the red zone and they haven't been able to do it. I think it's... He needs to take a step back. Hopefully the bye week has allowed him a little bit of time to step back away from constantly throwing different things and kind of reset and say, okay, let's go back to basics and then build off of the basics as opposed to, you know, when you're just keep putting one piece on top of another to fix it and to fix it to fix it, sometimes you have to pull everything off to go back to square one. I think they kind of need to do that with the red zone offense because, you know, they, they, they tried to just go power run 
and it still didn't work. Uh, we are going to come and uh, we're going to talk some tech for Cowboys. We're going to get back to the text line, 512-447-3776, 512-447-3776. We'll get back to the text line uh, in just a minute, but I do want to get to some Cowboys talk uh, while we have a little bit of time here. The Cowboys win 20-17 to last night uh, against the Chargers. We see everybody's extremely happy about it. Uh, Cowboys fans are are coming back and, and chirping again. The Cowboys have come out like, okay, all problems are solved. We beat a Brandon Staley team. Guys, we beat one of the worst head coaches who looked like he had a fake beard on last night. And when they did the shot from, from Brandon Staley to Mike McCarthy, it looked like a time-lapse video of bad coaching. Just going from one to the other and just that like morphing, like the black and white video from Michael Jackson. That's an old enough reference for anybody. Uh, but that was like, you can't, uh, this is the thing. I think there were some positive things you can take out of this game and you can grow upon. But this was not a defining win. Just because it's on Monday Night Football doesn't make it a big game that makes this an amazing win for Dallas. This was a game you had to win because the Chargers are awful. They're a bet like that you can say Dan Quinn looked pretty good, the defense looked good, but offensively, you put up 20 points on, on the Chargers. Only the Raiders put up less. Only the Raiders, without Jimmy Garoppolo, I believe, put up less points against against this Chargers defense. You're not, and like the Vikings put up more in them. Some bad teams put up more points. Ryan Tannehill put up more points on them than the, the Titans did. So it's not like you can come out and say that this is, you know, that the offensive woes are fixed. Dak Prescott did seem pretty happy. Here's Dak after the game, giving a rare cuss. Rare, rarely does he cuss in the postgame press conferences and talking to the media. Here's Sark when he, or here's uh, Dak when he was asked, uh, was this game a must-win game uh, to not go 3-3 three and three and to go 4-2 and two on Monday Night Football? You said it was a big win. Was this a must-win, though? Yeah. Yeah, it was a must win. Why? I mean, it's early no, I mean it was, yeah, early in the season, but three and three, four and two or three and three, that was a, it's a huge difference. Uh, yeah, it, it just is. I mean, yeah, like I give it exactly what you're saying. It's early in the season. I've been in the three and five season that we turned it around and, and went on a win streak and won the division. So I, I get what you're saying, but four and two, second, second road win of the year um, against a great team, against a great offense, good defense, great defense. Uh, going into the bye week, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about after last week not, not allowing this thing to landslide, and obviously I think a win like this allows you to really close that book. Obviously we closed that book throughout this week, preparing for this game, moving on, not just talking about it, but being about it, practicing that right way, preparing the right way to do that. Uh, but when you get this win like we did, you, you definitely can move on. Now we'll move, we'll move forward from this one. Go watch it, get better. Critique it hard. Uh, see how we can get better from this game, even on a win. And then, as I said, enjoy the bye week. Get healthy, enjoy the bye week, and, and then stack after that. You can enjoy the bye week. Mike McCarthy cannot enjoy the bye week because he's still got to figure out this offense. This offense still did not look great. Now, what do we see that this offense that looked good? Let's go to what looked good for this offense. Dak Prescott, when you took him out of what he was supposed to do, when you took him out of the play and the play broke down, he was able to break out of contain and get to the outside and throw some passes downfield to the guys that were getting open and working for it. That looked good. When you threw the ball to Brandon Cooks, that looked good. When you threw the ball to CeeDee Lamb, whoo, boy, that looked good. All of those things look good, and the things that you need to be doing over and over and over and over again. 
you you have two really good receivers. One of them is electric in CeeDee Lamb. You need to get CeeDee Lamb tar- 20 targets a game, 15 targets a game. You need to get Brandon Cooks 10 targets a game. You know who doesn't need 10 targets a game? Michael Gallup. Stop throwing Michael Gallup the ball. Stop it. Stop it. You can throw him the ball five times a game. That's it. That's it, Mike. I don't care because you're targeting like you're targeting him. You're calling quick game to the guy that you think is not gonna have the is gonna have the worst defender. You were playing the laziest man's coaching possible and just trying to beat other teams by picking and poking with with Michael Gallup. Here's the, if you want to look at targets in the game. CeeDee Lamb, seven targets, seven catches, 117 yards. Brandon Cooks, four targets, four receptions. Good stat line. Michael Gallup, 10 targets. His longest reception was 11 yards, and he only caught three of them. That's not all his fault. I'm not blaming Michael Gallup for being in this position. I don't want to blame Michael Gallup for this. I think Michael Gallup's a good third receiver. But you need to start using him as a third receiver, not your most targeted receiver when you have Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb on this team. You threw the ball to Tony Pollard seven times, and now the stat line looks good because it's seven seven targets, six receptions for 80 yards. Remember, that's one play that worked. That's one 60-yard touchdown, and the rest was five receptions for 20 yards. He had thirty. He had uh, 15 carries for 30 yards. You got to figure out your run game because your run game looked terrible. This offense did not look good against the Chargers. It's only because the Chargers also looked bad that in comparison – and this week in the NFL looked bad in the uh, the offenses. That in comparison, everything looked better. But when did Dak look his best? When he wasn't running the plays Mike McCarthy called. And I, I get it. Look, I, I'm still I'm the same guy on Dak Prescott that I've been for the last few years. Dak Prescott, you need to try and help him as much as you can. Not the lazy way Mike McCarthy is. Not the lazy way of let's just call a quick game and give him one read and hope that read is right. And, you know, let's just throw to Michael Gallup t- 10 times in a game. 10 times in a game. You throw to Michael Gallup. And I get he's open. He's going to be more open because he is the third wide receiver. You need to find plays to get CeeDee Lamb the ball. You need to find plays to get Brandon Cooks the ball. That touchdown catch for Brandon Cooks, it was a nice, it was an okay pass. But it was Brandon Cooks winning. Brandon Cooks won and got out there. You had you got those players. You're paying those players. And I know Jerry Jones doesn't want to pay CeeDee Lamb all the money he's going to want to get. If I'm CeeDee Lamb, I'm I'm not happy. I'm very not happy because I can go out there and have a seven targets. You gave me seven targets, and guess what? I caught every single one of them, and I made them work for 117 yards. I did that. And a lot of these, and some of these, were plays that were broken down. You have to be able to get the ball to your star players. And Just this offense against the Chargers didn't look good. This isn't a celebration week for the Cowboys. This is a, woo, wipe the sweat. Thank God we got to play a bad team with a terrible head coach and Brandon Staley. Thankfully, you know, that offense and Kellen Moore didn't look great against Dan Quinn, and Dan Quinn knew what Kellen Moore was going to do and was able to defend it and able to get out there. And, and, you know, those defensive players started to play better. You get a big interception down at the end. You were able to confuse Herbert enough, get some pressure on Herbert. All of that, it's. I get this is going to be a defensive team, but you said you were going to run the ball more, and we're going to run the ball. How are you going to run the ball if Tony Pollard is averaging two yards a carry and you don't have another running back? I mean, Rico Dottle is averaging four in that game because he had three carries and he just ran straight up the middle. You hit the ball and he just ran for it, and the offensive line made a big enough hole. He wasn't going to do anything big. You have to do something if you're this Cowboys team because this offense 
is is still really not good. And I and I get you can blame it on Dak all you want. Dak is not going to be great. He's still better than at least ten to fifteen quarterbacks in, in in football right now. And we saw that he could make some big plays. But if you're going to stick him in this really cookie cutter offense to try and protect everybody, it's not going to work. That doesn't work in 2023. This is the kind of crap you ran 10 years ago, and the only reason it worked is because you had an Aaron Rodgers who checked out of it all the time and did whatever he wanted to do because he was a really good quarterback. Dak Prescott's not going to do that, but he did break out of contain, find some of his star players, and that was the big plays for Dak Prescott. Mike McCarthy should not be celebrating this week. Mike McCarthy should be getting chewed out this week because his play calling still sucked. It still sucked. You put up 20 points against that defense, and I go, they got players, but don't give me that because the Tennessee Titans figured it out how to play against them. You put up three more points than the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Raiders are a dumpster fire. Don't don't give me that. Don't give me that. You put up what? Uh, Who else did it? Kirk Cousins put up 24 points on him. Kirk Cousins put up more points on him than you did. Of course, Tua did. Of course, they put up 36 on him. It's good you got the win. You need to get the wins. Those are games you've got to win. But that is not a, this is not a celebration for Cowboys. This is not a big win just because it's on Monday Night Football. That's a Jerry Jones big win. That's a Jerry Jones. Well, it was on TV, so it counts twice. No, it doesn't. It doesn't count less. It counts one, just like any other game. Just because it was on Monday Night Football doesn't mean that it's an, a great win against a great team. You played a team in a stadium that apparently has one fan because that's what they showed was that one fan over and over again with an offense that couldn't get it going because you, Dan Quinn, played, called a good game. Dan Quinn responded after the 49ers game. I think Dan Quinn needs to continue to evolve because we've seen that coaches that know him, I, I Kyle Shanahan, who coached with him in Atlanta and knows him, knows how to pick apart that defense. The Eagles coaches are going to know how to go against him. As we saw the Cardinals with the former Eagles coordinator is able to go in and pick apart this defense because they're not trying to go over the top. With game-managing quarterbacks, just run the ball, game-managing, and trying to get one-on-one matchups out in the open field, that's what he's that this defense isn't as good at. They're really good at stopping a quarterback if they can get time to get a pass rush in. They're good at stopping a quarterback if he's going to try and make you know risky pass. But if you're just you know throwing the ball 10 yards or 5 yards to a wide-open Debo Samuel – or, you know, or whoever. You're just throwing it five, and you're just able to pick and part. These defenses, you can get through them. You can score some points, especially if the offense is not providing. So as much as as much as much I'd love to celebrate with all the Cowboys fans and say this was a great victory and a big victory, the fact that it was on Monday Night Football does not by itself make it a, a big victory. The fact that it was a three-point game does not make it a big victory. You should have put up 30 on this team. If this offense was working, you would have put up another 10 points easy. You didn't. A team who is looking better. They're not there yet. Don't be wrong. They're not there yet. They're, but they have a pretty easy schedule. I think they have the second easiest schedule, and the only team that had an easier one is the team they just beat. Texans put up 20, beat the Saints at home. Uh, C.J. Stroud is just looking amazing. He throws his first pick in the game, and Nico Collins breaks it up, and, and they get the ball back. Rookie of the year odds. C.J. Stroud is now running away with the Rookie of the Year odds for Offensive Rookie of the Year. It's C.J. Stroud, then Puka Nakua, and then Bijan Robinson is number three. Bijan's playing well, but, I mean, to beat a quarterback, it's going to be difficult if the quarterback continues to play this well. 
The D'Amico Ryan's hire seems to be looking great. If you look over on the defensive uh, rookie of the year odds, Will Anderson's number three behind Jalen Carter and Devin Witherspoon. Tank Dell is, you know, once he gets through concussion protocol, he's on the list. He's on the list of offensive rookie of the year. They got some good players happening there in Houston. And that offense is trying to figure things out. If that run game starts to figure it out, and it started to this week, if they, if, if, if Damian Pierce is able to figure out this run, this the zone run game that they're trying to run, this Texas team could be looking a little bit better. The good part is, being a Texas fan, there's no, there's no real, I don't have to, you know, I don't have Super Bowl aspirations this year. If you're a Cowboys fan, I keep hearing that you got to win some two playoff games or Mike McCarthy's fired. I mean, you firing this, like, you have to bye week. You got to make a change in the bye week, guys. I, I get it. I get it that I don't think there's a coach out there that you can fire Mike McCarthy and bring in another coach right now and a better play caller. I don't know who's out there who you're going to be able to do that. So I'm not saying you fire Mike McCarthy right now. I'm not saying that. I am saying you fire Brandon Staley if you're the Chargers. Fire Brandon Staley. Fire Brandon Staley. You should have fired him two years ago. I get you don't have any money, but fire Brandon Staley. But I will say not firing Mike McCarthy. I get that. But you do need to go in and start to make some changes and some personnel. And Jerry Jones, you need to stop making letting Mike McCarthy be a yes man and go in there and get in him and tell him, hey man, guess what? You're fired at the end of the year unless you unless you have these unless you make these goals. I don't care. I don't want to hear it. I don't like you. You don't get to hang out with me. You don't get to fly in the jet anymore. You don't get to hang out with Jerry and be Jerry's yes man anymore. You need to go out there and r- r- make some new plays. Try try and be creative in any way. Because Dak Prescott looked way better than Mike McCarthy's play calling last night. You need to figure that out in the bye week, Mike McCarthy. Because you need to go out and get some other players. You need to get some more running backs. I'd, I'd be calling the Titans. Titans don't look real good this year. I'd still be calling about Derrick Henry. He hasn't looked great. I'm sure they'd be ready to move on. Probably get him for a late pick. You run him into a system where maybe you can get him a little bit better plan. I don't know. Maybe go out and get some more. But other guys are going to pick up running backs right now. I don't know why you're not. I don't know why you're not looking around right now. That's what I'd be doing if I was Cowboys. I wouldn't be celebrating a Monday Night Football win just because it was Monday Night Football. I wouldn't be celebrating that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk some more text, 512-447-3776. What, uh, what side of the ball worries you more for the Texas Longhorns for the rest of the season, offense or defense? Any of the other texts? We want to talk Cowboys, Texans. If you think I'm an idiot for saying that wasn't a big win and 20 points against the Chargers is an okay thing. Or if you think they should fire McCarthy, if you got someone they should hire, if you think they need to make a trade, if you've got a player that you like them to pick up, go ahead and text that in, 512-447-3776. If you've got answers, I'm ready to hear them for the Cowboys because I'm not a fan, but I, co- I cover them, and I'd like them to be watchable, and they're just not really watchable right now. It's not a fun, it's not a fun team to watch. 512-447-3776 is a text line. Also, Texas is a huge favorite against Houston this weekend. Rob Babers, Aaron Ogan talked about it. We'll play some of that as well. We come back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7. Woo! Hell yeah! On the Horn. I sit alone in my four-cornered room staring at candles. Who got me? Real radio do? Oh, all right. Headline, I can't sleep. I toss and turn. Candlesticks in the dark. Visions of bodies being burned. Four walls closing in, getting bigger. I'm paranoid, sleeping with my finger on the trigger. My mother's always stressing I ain't living right. 
But I ain't going out without a fight See, every time my eyes close I start sweating And blood starts coming out my nose It's somebody watching the act But I don't know who it is So I'm watching my back I can see them when I'm deep in the covers When I awake, I hear a car burning rubber Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn, playing some Houston artists this week. We're playing the University of Houston. The Longhorns are on Saturday, and the Houston Astros need a little bit of love and a little bit of luck to get them going back again. Uh, down 0-2 to the Rangers right now in the ALCS. Phillies game, game one against the Diamondbacks as well. You know, uh, you could see a rematch of last year's World Series, or you could see two new teams. We will see the Diamondbacks and Phillies playing again tonight. Uh, tomorrow night will be Game 3 of the Texas Rangers versus the Houston Astros. I've seen a lot of people in Houston calling them the Arlington Rangers, refusing to call them the Texas. That's the kind of petty I like. Just pettiness right there. Uh, but I like it. Uh, that'll be tomorrow, pregame at 630 right here on uh, the Horn, getting you ready for that big, big game because if the Rangers win that, uh, you are now in all must wins for the Astros until this season is over. If they cannot turn it around and get it going in the Globe Life, the Gilf, who where uh, things have gone so well for the uh, for the Astros this season, if they can't turn it around there in Game Three, it could be a problem. Uh, I want to get some of your text before we get to this last clip. I'm going to play you uh, about the betting odds and how the spread. It seems pretty high for Houston or for the Houston game for Texas. Uh, I did like. Uh, the text I got my phone from a uh, man, Jacob Standard, comes on the show with me on Fridays about that is every win's a big win in the NFL. That is that is that is straight from the the cult of Jerry right there. Every win's a big win. No, 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 no. Losses are big, and I know it's a weird way to think about it. There's wins and losses, but when you're looking and you're a winning team and the standard is good and the standard is where it needs to be and you're a winning team, what do you look at? You look in the in the in the standings. You look at the loss column because you want to see. All right, I can't make up losses, but I can make up wins. I'll win those. How many losses do I need the other team to lose? You look at that loss column. When you are a bad team, you look at the win column. You say, "Oh man, if we win a couple more games, it's a hopeful way to think. It's a, it's a positive way to think, but it's not. It's not a necessarily winning way to think. Is to look and go, oh man, a big win. We got no. You're supposed to beat the Chargers. It's not a big win. It's just a win. You should have beaten them. The fact that it was in doubt is crazy." I get that. I get that. If they didn't bring Brandon Staley, it wouldn't be crazy because they have a lot of talent on that defense. They're paying a ton of money on that defense, but <laughs> Brandon Staley sucks. So you should be able to beat him. Text lines open five one two four four seven three seven seven six five one two four four seven three seven seven six is the text line. Uh, we were asking you today about uh, what worries you more, the offense or the defense for Texas going forward. Uh, get back to the text line. Texas Homer here, but CJ has to be the odds-on favorite, right? What he's doing feels miraculous. Dude in the top five in passing yards. Remember how bad uh, Trevor Lawrence was? This doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. Uh, CP53, it does not happen at all. Uh, it is very weird to start. And, tonight, and like some rookies even figure it out halfway through the season. But, I mean, like look at Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young will still be okay in the NFL. I don't think that he's already a buster. And he, but he's, you know, clearly he's having his growing pains. Uh, you know, Will Levis hasn't even got into the game. You can look at a Jameer Gibbs in Detroit and having le- some learning pains. And B. John Robinson is another guy who's doing things that normally rookies aren't able to play at that level that he's playing at. Uh, both those guys are playing well. It's just C.J. Stroud is doing it on a, you know, as a quarterback, does it on just slightly a bigger stage. As B. John doesn't touch the ball on every single play. 
Uh, Texter, get the ball to Jay Wood in the red zone. He's a dog. I agree. Uh, we think that I think they should use Jay Wood more in the red zone. I know he likes to use him in blocking. That's where he trusts him. He doesn't trust A.D. Mitchell in blocking. He doesn't trust X- Xavier Worthy as much in blocking. But man, getting getting a big guy out there like Jay Wood on one on ones and trusting him to go get the ball, I like that as well. Uh, you say dirty defense worries me. Where did the pass rush go? Uh, the pass rush and I I, I think. I think the pass rush will be back. I think it will be back. I know some people are saying up here on the text line that Texas didn't pressure Dylan Gabriel. They did a lot, and the Oklahoma defensive line did a really good job of directing Texas players. So they were getting inside, but then it would just they just make a really small pocket, and Dylan Gabriel was able to keep throwing out of it. Uh, Texas offense has no motion in the red zone. Yep, all things, all things that you need to start figuring out uh, to get yourself set. What makes you think the Cowboys ain't a dumpster fire with Jerry's GM? Same story, different day. They're not a dumpster fire because the Raiders are a dumpster fire because you don't know what's the, the the Cowboys are just you know they're just a, a, a eternal fountain of hope with no results. It's a wishing well. Everybody throws their money in and and they're told, well, your dreams will come true if you throw your money into it. But that's the Cowboys. They're just a wishing well. So it's not like they're a dumpster fire. Because a dumpster fire, you throw your stuff in, it's on fire. Your money's still there. Jerry just has it now. And he's not going to spend it on the Cowboys. He's going to make all his money, and he's going to build his team up. And then he's going to say that, you know, the salary cap works in a way that we don't want to pay CeeDee Lamb all this money. We want to throw the ball to Michael Gallup because we paid him and not Amari Cooper for some reason. Just a wishing well. That's all the Cowboys are. To answer your question, I would fire Mike McCarthy this week, and I would hire a cardboard cutout of Vince Lombardi. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I, oh, we got a big text from me, too. Uh, I think the Cowboys are the most hopeful fans in the league. They don't have any reason to be. As long as Jerry Jones is hiring uh, spares like Mike McCarthy and, and counting money rather than trying to win something, the Cowboys are going to suck. And by suck, I mean they're going to be a middling team that's never consistent and the coaching staff. Players have zero accountability. Uh a lifelong Cowboys fan and just absolutely hate this organization. Yeah, it's you know you hate to see teams that are continuing to have this the hope and the the wishes, but are not able to get it done. Uh, no, I get. Uh, uh, we keep talking about Foreman. We keep talking uh, about Foreman. That you know the you know we know Roshan and, and Herbert are hurt now, so he's probably going to play a little bit more for the the Bears. But the Bears need draft picks. I'd go get him as well. I would get Foreman. I would have signed him for two million dollars also, but that's just me. I want to play this clip from uh, Hook Him Up. We'll get back to your text before we get out of here. Uh, here's Hook Him Up this morning talking about the gigantic four four score th- uh, spread for the Texas Houston game. It's pretty obvious that U of H's strength is. Their offense, their defense is probably one of the worst defenses in the Big 12. I think scoring defense, they're last in the Big 12, I believe. Uh, pass defense, they're last in the Big 12. I think rush defense, they're like 10th in the Big 12. So <laughs> I, this game is either, if, if U of H is going to you know, try to pull the upset, it's either going to be, I think, kind of a shootout, and, that, and that's what U of H wants. U of H gets no question. Into, they want a shootout. They get to a shootout like they did against West Virginia. Even turned West Virginia into a shootout team. That'd be great for them. Um, this is going to be a shootout or a blowout, in my opinion. I think Texas could blow them out. I think the, the line hasn't met a twenty, almost a twenty-one point favorite. That could happen. Um, I don't like that number. That's a huge number, but I could see it happening just because the defense of U of H is suspect, and Texas could. 
pretty much, I want to say have their way, but they could decide game plan wise to either run it against U of H or to throw it against U of H. They could decide either way. Do we know Sark likes to throw to open up the run though? Just because Sark has the easy route to run the football on a team and just run it down their throat, play ball control, that's not necessarily what he what he's gonna do. Um, he'll do that at one point during the game, maybe for a stretch. But I, Sark wants to throw the ball, and Sark's gonna throw the football. And that, in my opinion, is you know where you know in this game you could see uh, some things with U of H because they they give up a lot of explosive plays, and their DBs are just they're undersized too. They have smaller DBs. Not saying they don't cover well, but they're smaller DBs too. Um, and tackling, you know, the Texas wide receivers in space sometimes can be a problem. So I think Houston is going to look to try to make this a shootout. They are good on special teams and returns as well. Um, they already got two kick returns for touchdowns. They had one called back against West Virginia, and they had one for a touchdown versus West Virginia. So they're explosive actually in their return game. And they're explosive offensively. I like their wide receivers. And I talked to Jerry Hamilton, who uh, uh, looks at uh, all the different prospects. And obviously, he's one of the best recruiting uh, analysts in the country. And I talked to him about the U of H wide receivers because watching them, I think that's their strength. Uh, the wide receivers, they don't, you know, they don't worry me or anything. But I think, they, I think they'll be, they're, for, they're formidable. I think Texas uh, will have um, their hands full with the wide receivers. Joseph Manjack. <laughs> Uh, which is USC transfer. Exactly. Think about there you go. Keep that up. There you go. Because he's from USC. He's a four star. So he's a guy that was highly recruited as well. Uh, Sam Brown is a really good player. Also transfer West Virginia uh, from West Virginia. So I'm, I'm sure in Dana Hogerson move, uh, maybe he was one of those guys. Um, um, there's also uh, Matthew Golden. He is a uh, he's a wide receiver for them. He's just a speed guy. Number two, you'll notice him. They they try to get him the ball in space as much as possible. The guy can run. Uh, and it's Stephon Johnson Jr., who's Oklahoma State transfer, uh, who was a good player uh, at at Oklahoma State. Uh, and then he transferred there, and he works really well in their system. They like their wide receiver. Sometimes they will go for a while, of course, in that air raid system. Um, but those guys are legit. And I talked to Jerry Hamilton. He said, oh, those are three of those guys are four star receivers um, in terms of their recruiting um, grades and how highly uh, basically ranked they were as recruits. And they end up transferring. Some of those guys end up transferring. But um, Dana Hogerson knows how to weaponize his wide receivers really well in that air raid system. And Donovan Smith, who's been we talked about quarterbacks being comfortable in a system. Uh, Donovan Smith play, has played in that air raid system his entire college career. Um, it hadn't been a long college career, but he's been in, at Texas Tech and now here at U of H. So he's comfortable in that system, too. And he can present some of the problems either Dylan Gabriel presented. They run the quarterback draw. They they run the quarterback in the, the with design runs in the red zone. Um, so they like to use him in the red zone. Longhorn fans know he can be a power uh, quarterback run game as well. He can utilize that because he's a big guy. I think he's like six, four. Um, he's huge. So they will, and I guarantee after watching U of H, they'll probably try to run up-tempo as much as they can, and they'll probably try to run Donovan Smith uh, more than he usually does. Yeah, and they should be fresh. I mean, they had one game they, they had a week off, and then they had a Thursday game, so they'll have extra time. Texas obviously coming off the bye, and it's it's kind of like, you know, how did the Longhorns execute the bye, right? Did they fix some of the issues, right, the red zone? Red zone. Defensive tackling, right, because they're going to stress you with those receivers you just mentioned and try to get players in space. 
Uh, they're not going to try to run the ball right at Texas. I mean, that's no. that's not a good idea. Um, you know, attack Texas where Oklahoma was able to attack them, which was on the perimeters, uh, getting the ball to to and and test this secondary to see if they can rally and tackle, uh, and and see if, as you said, create a shootout. That's exactly what what Houston would like to do in this game and create a higher scoring game because you're not going to win playing yeah. physical with Texas on the lines of scrimmage. I think that's pretty pretty fair. Also, I'd say for Houston, one of the biggest you know, key offseason things for them was the negative when that the, the running back Alton McCaskill transferred to Colorado. Oh, that was he's a good player. That was a, I mean, that was their leading coming mm-hmm. out of spring, right? He was going to be the bell cow running back, and all of a sudden yep. he decides he's going to go play for Deion Sanders. And they they have a freshman and Parker Jenkins is their their running back, so that hurt them uh, on the offensive side of the You're ball. Right. Uh, Donovan Smith could could have used a, a, a sturdy running back like that. He's now playing at CU. So it'd be fun to analyze this game. It's the first meeting between the Cougars and the Longhorns since the early 2000s. The first re-engagement and obviously the uh, the first as conference members since they were back in the old Southwest Conference. Good stuff there from uh, Hook Him Up with Ian Robbie. Weekday mornings here on The Horn. we got to take one more break before we get out of here. We'll get back, read some more of your texts, and wrap it up here on the Sports Complex on The Horn, 101.9 and 1260, The Horn app. Hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes until somebody passes out. And then bring one every 10 minutes. I'm very drunk, and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. Wrapping things up here on the Sports Complex on a Tuesday afternoon. Tomorrow, we are here for an hour and a half, 90-minute show, as we will get you ready for... Astros and Rangers game three taking over the airwaves pregame at 630. So we will get you ready for that. Uh, that'll be the case on Thursday as well. We will see if there's a Friday game. It's a day game, I believe, and that'll all be a thing. We don't know if we're airing it yet or not. It will tell you what's going on uh, for Friday as well. We will have Vanderbilt football on Friday as well. And then, of course, pregame on Saturday uh, will be, I believe, at 1 o'clock. So getting you ready for the entire week here on the horn, keeping things rolling, keeping you in the know, and then loving you guys on the text line. We always, uh, always appreciate when you guys text in 512-447-3776. It is always a cool thing to talk to you guys. And you guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. I really do mean that uh, because uh, the show is a lot less fun to do when you guys don't text in. Uh, a couple more texts we'll try and get to before we get there. Uh if you've ever competed, you know that a win, that any win is a good win. Win by 30 or win by 3, it's a W. That's kind of true, but the greatest will tell you that's not true also. There is a point of it where every you celebrate wins. You celebrate every win. Uh, after you do it, you got to celebrate it, and you get 24 hours. And I know I'm not giving the Cowboys a full 24 hours, but uh, you give them 24 hours, and then you look back at it, and you go, wow, we really got lucky on that one. Uh, that was we, – we, we did not play well. We did not play well at all, says the Cowboys – uh, they need to fix their problems. And if Mike McCarthy thinks that was a great win, then you have a lot of problems. But that's, you know, that's the Cowboys. That's Jerry for you. Getting you just preaching hope. Just preaching hope. Uh, we get another one that says, Venables and OU showed how to beat yours and confuse them. Yours still had an okay game in that one. I think the bigger problem in that was they really, uh, you know, they 
there was points in the game where the offensive line, once Jake Majors went out, they were able to get in and penetrate a little bit better. I think if you have a fully healthy O-line, then that helps out a little bit more. Uh, but again, part of that is being able to have, you know, being what they did worked on practice this week, which we played you earlier, of uh, getting the offensive line a little bit readier that they felt they weren't as ready uh, to just kind of move guys around. And I think Sark understood that in the bye week, really worked on, hey, all formations that may be coming in and injuries and whatever else, we need to be prepared for it and have better communication on the O-line. I think they're working on it, which is good because you just need this team to improve more and more each week. We'll be back tomorrow talking more about Houston and Texas, uh, NFL, MLB, all the good stuff. Anything y'all want to talk about, always text it in at 512-447-3776. As long as it's not Nate and one of his dirty stories, we can probably do it for you. 512-447-3776. Save it in your phone. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with more Sports Complex for you. So until then, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean. We'll see you right back here tomorrow, 5 o'clock.